Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast. Hour one. Hello, America. I'm back. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here across the nation. I am delighted to have you with me. I don't know if you know this or not. It's it's kind of a big deal. Uh, I am the father of the year. I literally saved my child's life last night. I, I just pat myself on the back. You should, too. Uh, 38 years ago, 38 years ago, I, I was in fifth grade. And I had a teacher named Spiro Bruscus. He was a Greek man from Chicago who loved deep dish pizza and the Chicago Cubs and Michael Jordan. And he decided to uh, demonstrate the Heimlich maneuver for the class and use me. He was also a Marine. And I know you're not supposed to demonstrate the Heimlich maneuver on a live human being, but he insisted that he do it. And he insisted I be the kid. And he kept telling me, you got to relax or I'm going to break your ribs. You got to relax. I'm going to break your ribs. It's hard to relax when Spiro Bruscus has his arms around you, his one hand and a fist at your stomach with the other with his hand over it, telling you to relax because he's going to break your ribs. But I did. And he did the Heimlich maneuver on me and forced air out of my mouth. I nearly threw up. That was in 1985. 38 years later, last night, my son choked. And I got to do the Heimlich maneuver, the one and only time I hope to ever have to do that in my life. You know, we, we so my, my my kid likes battered French fries. My wife batters and fries the French fries. We did burgers and fries last night. I want to do the onion rings. And he he put one in his mouth to show his joy. He did, <gasps> well, as he did that with the, the hot French fries mouth, he sucked it down his windpipe and it got lodged there. And at first, he's trying to breathe. And, and he, he was breathing. Well, then the breathing pushed it down further and then he couldn't breathe. And you see like this look of terror come across his face. My wife's like, he's not breathing. He's not breathing. Dad sprung into action, just like Spiro Bruscus showed us. I got my fist ready in my hand and I pumped in hard. I kept telling him to relax and he couldn't relax. I was like, well, I guess I'll break his rib, but he'll live. Got that French fry out of his mouth, an explosion of air. I, my friends, am father of the year. Not only did I help raise $1.9 million to fight childhood cancer last week with Children's Healthcare of Atlanta, thank you to every listener in the metro Atlanta area for contributing. I saved my kid's life in the kitchen last night. I, I Listen, if you want to throw a parade in my honor, I might have earned it. I just, seriously, though, you know, I I read, like, or, or I think Philip was telling me that, that, that Mr. Heimlich, who came up with the Heimlich Maneuver, never actually used it until he was 90 years old. I went through all my life thinking this is some of the most useless crap I've ever learned, and then last night it suddenly came in handy. I did the Heimlich Maneuver, that French fly flew across the room, air exploded from his mouth, and look at that. I saved my kid. 
and the cost will be he's going to want Legos or something. Uh, it would have been cheaper had I just left the fry, but I love my son. Now, I will move on now. We'll move away from congratulating me for what I did. <laughs> I had to tell that story, though. I had to tell the story. So my, my daughter's in the other room. She's like, you're so dramatic. It was a dramatic moment. It was, but I just, I, I just really, the takeaway is not that I saved my kid's life. It's I'm one of those people who got to finally use the Heimlich maneuver. And she's just jealous because she took the Red Cross class and didn't get to do it. You should have seen the look of disappointment on her face when she came downstairs from her nap. She's like, it should have been me. I should have been the one to use the Heimlich maneuver. <laughs> All right, we'll move on to real news now. We got to talk about Robert Conquest. <laughs> Oh, the, 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 the mean text I'm getting from the next office over. Okay, serious news here. Devin Archer, uh, Devin Archer, Hunter Biden's friend. Uh, the Department of Justice wants him in jail. I know a lot of people think the Department of Justice wants Devin Archer in prison because he's going to testify against Hunter Biden. I need you to learn Robert Conquest's three laws of politics. Uh, who Robert Conquest is is not exactly relevant, but I will tell you that he was an American-British historian, a fellow at Stanford's Hoover Institute. Uh, he wrote about the Soviet Union, wrote a lot about Stalin and the Harvest of Sorrow, the Great Terror, Stalin's Purges. A uh, fascinating guy. He died in 2015 at 98, and Robert Conquest came up with three laws. His three laws are this. Number one, Everyone is a conservative about which he knows best, and that is true. Even the most progressive person is conservative about what they know best. Number two, any organization not explicitly and constitutionally right-wing will sooner or later become left-wing. In fact, you know, there's a, what is it, the Templeton Fund was set up um, by Mr. Templeton, and the money had to be used up within the lifetime of the original foundation. He handpicked a number of conservatives, and he was guided by Robert Conquest's second law that any organization not explicitly right-wing will sooner or later become left-wing uh, because he knew that if his foundation were left to exist over time, it would become left-wing, and he was a conservative. So he put a bunch of conservatives on the board, did not make the board self-perpetuating. He said the board's got to use all the money up uh, in their lifetime, and they did. And then there's the third rule, and this is the one that's relevant to Devin Archer. The behavior of any bureaucratic organization can best be understood by assuming that it is controlled by a secret cabal of its enemies. The behavior of any bureaucratic organization can best be understood by presuming or assuming it is controlled by a secret cabal of its enemies. Bureaucracies tend to be incompetent, arrogant, and inefficient. So any bureaucracy is going to undermine itself. Thus, we get to Devin Archer. Many of you are presuming that the Department of Justice wishing to round up Devin Archer and throw him in prison is because they want to undermine the House investigation, the Judiciary Committee's testimony, Devin Archer testifying behind closed doors today 
at the time the Justice Department submitted a review over the weekend asking a judge to schedule a date for Archer to go to prison. The timing on this looks bad. However, there are other facts that you're not going to get from a lot of conservative hysterics out there that you do need to know so that you can understand this is actually conquest law at work. This isn't some grand dark conspiracy to try to shut him up from testifying about Hunter Biden. They couldn't stop it given the timing. This is the bureaucracy undermining itself as if it's run by a a, a cabal of its enemies. Here are the underlying facts. Uh, Archer's own legal team does not think this is, uh, was designed to shut him up. He had previously pled guilty to crimes. This is his, uh, lawyer, Matthew Schwartz. We are aware of speculation that the Department of Justice's weekend request to have Mr. Archer report to prison is an attempt by the Biden administration to intimidate him in advance of his meeting with the House Oversight Committee on Monday. To be clear, Mr. Archer does not agree with the speculation. In any case, Mr. Archer will do what he was planning to do all along, which is show up Monday and honestly answer the questions that are put to him by congressional investigators. Yes, the timing is very odd, But when you understand conquest law, you understand that, of course, they were going to do it this weekend because bureaucrats are run by a cabal of stupid people who do stupid things to make themselves look bad. So I said he pled guilty. He was actually convicted in a fraud case completely separate from anything about Hunter Biden. He had been ordered to serve a one-year prison sentence due to the conviction but had been out pending sentencing. And so the geniuses at the Justice Department decided to do it this weekend. Was it a signal to him uh, to go easy on him or not? Well, he was already found guilty. He's already been sentenced to prison. He just hasn't been assigned to prison. So perhaps you can't be disabused of the notion that they did it this weekend in anticipation of his testimony to kind of conjole him and throw him off his game and say, hey, we could put you in a maximum security prison if you rat out Hunter Biden. But he's testifying behind closed doors with the Oversight Committee. The Democrats, of course, will leak everything to the Democrats. But there's a larger issue here beyond the timing, beyond all of that, and that goes to Hunter Biden himself. Hunter Biden is not a good person who surrounded himself with not good people. Let me play for you this audio. This is Scott Jennings, friend of mine. He's a CNN political analyst. He was on State of the Union. I think Brianna Keeler was the host. I want you to listen to what Scott Jennings says, but I also want you to listen to the objective CNN anchor being defensive about Hunter Biden. But Scott Jennings, the president has made being a family man a central part of his political identity. Uh, It's not Republicans, with all due respect, who made Hunter Biden into a complete scumbag on this and other issues. The, The ignoring his own daughter... The, for four years, and the president of the United States hanging up a stocking for the dog, I mean the and not for his seventh grandchild. Okay, look, okay. We, can all, we can also have Marine, some, we can also have we, sympathy for people who are struggling with addiction. Let's right. keep this conversation right. respectful. I, 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 listen, I, I totally agree, and you know where I'm from. A lot of families deal with addiction, and you know who ends up picking up the pieces? The grandparents, and in this case, the grandparents would not acknowledge. This little girl, it is offensive, but the bottom line is... But they have now. The poll... Oh, what a hero. The polling must have been brutal. 
But they have now. Okay, so first of all, we, let, let's note the granddaughter issue here. They waited until Friday night at 5 p.m. to say from here on out, Joe Biden will acknowledge the seventh grandchild. It took a concerted effort by Republicans to embarrass him to do the right thing. It took Maureen Dowd in the New York Times writing a column for him to do the right thing. He shouldn't have to be told by editorialists and pundits to do the right thing, but that's what it took Joe Biden to do. And he waited until 5 p.m. on a Friday to tell everyone who's going to do it because he cares so much about this kid. But there's something else here. The defensiveness of Brianna Keeler on Hunter Biden being a scumbag. Devin Archer is not a good guy. It does say something that Republicans want to make him into some sort of truth-telling hero when he was convicted in a court of law for fraud. He's not a good guy. Hunter Biden's not a good guy. And the moral of the story here is that the Bidens have surrounded themselves with scummy people. And Hunter Biden himself surrounded himself with scumbags. It takes one to know one in Hunter Biden's case. You surround yourself with good people. You tend to be edified by the good people. Hunter Biden surrounded himself with hookers, crackheads, and bad people because he himself is a crackhead bad person. And he was a bad person before he did crack. And his father has spent all of this time making excuses for him, apologizing for him, defending him, denying his own granddaughter until the polling reflected that people didn't like it. And only because the polling showed him to do it did he change. These are not good people. And what's remarkable here is that the amount of time and effort and energy Democrats spend vilifying the entirety of the Trump family when not a one of them is a crackhead with an illegitimate kid the grandparents refuse to acknowledge. That's all the Bidens, and they constantly give these people a pass. I told them when Donald Trump was president, they would eventually have their own Donald Trump, and they would refuse to admit it, recognize it, or behave accordingly, and it's playing out exactly as I predicted. Hunter Biden is a scumbag, the media itself. You heard the anchor at CNN trying to make excuses for him. Joe Biden refused to acknowledge his kid until the polling turned, and she's like, oh, but he's acknowledging now. Yes, because the public's had enough of the denials, and yet the media and the Democrats put halos on these people. Their halos come from hell. Did you know China has made it a priority to teach students financial literacy starting in preschool? Financial literacy isn't taught in our elementary schools, and parents lack the resources to teach it at home. American kids are yet again being left behind. Now there's a great way for parents and grandparents to help the kids they love learn about finance, thanks to the Sensibles. And at bcs-kids.com, the Sensibles are a team of animated superheroes who help kids age 6 to 12 develop smart money habits in a fun way. bcs-kids.com was created to channel this multimedia resource to kids everywhere. Buy a subscription for your loved ones, and each month, they'll get a Sensibles kit in the mail with an entertaining DVD, comic book, and activities. Digital subscriptions are also available. They'll also get access to an interactive website with a library of lessons, fun activities, and more. Want 20% off the monthly subscription costs? Visit at bcs-kids.com. Enter the promo code ERIC, my name, E-R-I-C-K. It's the sensible thing to do. Subscribe today at bcs-kids.com. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program? 
Um, we've got the Florida Secretary of Commerce coming on at the in the bottom of the third hour. So uh, 35 after in the third hour, depending on where you are, live will be 2.35 p.m. Uh, talking about the Florida economy, uh, Alex Kelly, I believe, is the Secretary of Commerce in Florida. Now, I, I, I want to speak of commerce and the economy. There is this growing idea now that the economy has rebounded, the economy has recovered, and it's a really good economy. And when you look at a lot of the metrics a lot of economists look at, you might think that, but let's not forget the middle class. You've got prices are still up 16%. Real hourly compensation is down 5%. Interest rates are at a 22-year high. Mortgages on a new median-priced home have doubled. The S&P is down 4% since 2022. Personal debt is rising. Deficits are soaring. Uh, The gap between the middle class and rich has expanded pretty significantly. So if you're upper income, you're less likely to feel the effects of the economy. But if you're middle class and lower income people, you're really still feeling the economy. So a lot of economists and a lot of the business metrics in Washington are telling us everything is fine. But there are all of these subsurface tensions, and now Yellow has gone is going bankrupt. 99-year-old trucking company. You've probably seen their trucks. You may not have even – they're so ubiquitous that you, they just kind of blend in white, and they have a, a logo on the back of them uh, that says Yellow, except the logo is orange, which has always struck me as interesting. So it's a trucking company, and it moves only about 10% of the capacity in the nation, but it does so very cheaply. It's the third largest trucking company in the nation, and what they do, what their specialty is, is they take 18-wheeler tractor trailers and they're not filled up with shipments to one company. They do mixed shipments, so less than uh, LTL, less than a truckload. And they do so, they ship around the country, highly efficient at low rates. This is going to cause shipping rates to go up. They're bankruptcy. They're out of business. 99-year-old company has just gone out of business shipping at a time where we're still seeing backlogs in shipping. It's gone out of business. It's going to drive up rates. Gas prices have skyrocketed again. I filled up with gas. I I use premium unleaded. It was like $4.40 at a fairly reasonably priced place. This is a problem. We got weakness in the economy no one wants to pay attention to. You probably want to pay attention to the stinky smells in your house, which is why you need to consider the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the three-pack. You can get three of them for less than $200 right now at EdenPureDeals.com. You go to EdenPureDeals.com, you'll see a discount code. You put in Eric. You're wondering, what is the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, Erickson? Well, it's an air purifier, so it gets rid of the dust and the pollen stuff, but where it really shines, the way I use it, odor eliminator. I can't tell you the number of times I've had to use one in a rental car because someone smoked in the rental car. Before I got there and it stunk, so I had to use the USB cord, plug it into the USB outlet in the car, let it run, it wipes out those odors. Most hotel rooms, I've used it in a hotel room in Vegas because, well, you know, they were smoking in Vegas, wiped out the odors. Uh, Dead animal odors, fry odors, cooking odors, litter box odors, pet odors, it shines. It wipes those out. Get three of them for less than $200, one for upstairs, downstairs, your basement, your RV, your travel bag, wherever you need them. EdenPureDeals.com. You put in the discount code Eric, E-R-I-C-K, at EdenPureDeals.com. Greetings. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, I'm happy to have you. So, this morning, 
My wife was reading a local story. Fanny Willis is the district attorney in Fulton County, Georgia, and she is preparing apparently a series of indictments against unknown people so far related to uh, the election issues in Georgia in 2020. The speculation is she will charge Donald Trump. We don't know that that's the case. Uh, the speculation is that she may charge other people in Trump's orbit, uh, people from Georgia and people nationally, over allegations that they tried to um, pressure people into stealing the election. And essentially, it'll be a racketeering uh, case uh, that they were, um, if based on what I understand, and this is all speculation at this point, that they were fundraising off of uh, possibly criminal activity among other things. We don't really know what the charges are going to be until they come out. Some of them will be charges related to misrepresentations to a special grand jury. We do know that, Um, but we'll see. So I I bring all of this up because my wife was asking me about the, the credibility of the charges and what could actually happen. And it got me thinking, you know, we should have this conversation. I think, and I I want you to know that uh, I'm in the minority in this, but I think there is a legitimate defense if Donald Trump says he listened to his lawyers. We know from the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals that Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell and others made claims in federal court related to the election that turned out not to be true. A Trump-appointed judge on a panel of conservative judges for the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled that they had neither uh, reason nor any basis for a reasonable belief to buy certain things. So, for example, one of the claims that was made in 2020 was that the Dominion Systems machines were remotely hackable. And they relied on the testimony of an expert. And the Trump-appointed judge for the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals said that what the expert was saying was that the Dominion Voter Systems public-facing website whatever it is, like dominionvotersystems.com or whatever, that that was the system he was looking at. He never actually looked at the electronic voting machines and that even a cursory review of his report would have shown the lawyers that his statements were about the Dominion Voter Systems website, not about their machines. And that he made no uh, positive statements or even speculation that one could go through the website into the voting machines to hack the voting machines, and yet the claims in court were about the voting machines and not about the website. So they had no reasonable basis to make the statement based on the expert testimony because the expert testimony wasn't about it, wasn't about the voting machines. Another guy was a software expert from Texas, and he made claims about uh, the processing capabilities and the processing statistical abilities to make errors in the voting machines, and he targeted several counties 
but those counties didn't actually use the Dominion voter system machines. So he was making claims about statistical anomalies based on the use of Dominion voter system machines in certain counties, but the counties where he was making the claims didn't actually use those voting machines. And again, the Trump-appointed Court of Appeals judge said there was no reasonable basis for Sidney Powell or anyone else to believe the claims because the claims couldn't be substantiated given that they were about a computer voting system that wasn't actually used in the counties. But if Donald Trump didn't know and Donald Trump relied on his lawyers and the lawyers told Donald Trump, here are all the problems, in my mind, that's a defense. You know, if your accountant screws up your taxes, you've got a defense with the IRS that, look, this wasn't my fault. I relied on a professional, and the professional CPA screwed it up. It's not me. It seems to me in the same way that if you rely on the legal advice of your lawyer, it at least mitigates claims against you. And Donald Trump could throw these people under the bus. Listen, regardless of how you view 2020 and whether it was stolen or not, I think you have to concede that when the lawyers misrepresent a report of an expert and the expert says, I'm looking at their forward-facing public website and it's hackable, and then the lawyers say, well, if their website's hackable, therefore the machines are hackable, you've got to acknowledge that's a pretty big screw-up, whether you think there was hanky-panky or not. And there were problems in the election, but you can't say that an expert looking at the website and finding the website was hackable means that the actual election voting machines are hackable. That's too much of a leap of logic. You can't say that, well, these counties use these machines and these machines are hackable, and it turns out those counties didn't use the machines. You can't say there's, there's a reason to buy the expert when the expert got the very basics wrong. But when you're a client and your lawyer gets the law wrong, when you're a client and your lawyer gets the basic facts wrong and the lawyer represents to you that the sky is green and you have no reason to believe otherwise, well, it's a pretty good defense that, hey, my lawyers told me this was the way to do it and this is what I did. It may not get you out of breaking the law, but it sure as heck's got to mitigate it. And, and my point in all of this, and my point of raising these issues is that this gets back to my wife and her question. Am I reading that these issues are a big deal because they're a big deal? Or am I reading that they're a big deal because the media hates Donald Trump so much they can't consider alternatives? My answer is yes. They're a big deal. But also, if you recall, I don't need to play the audio again. I, I played it so many times, the beginning of the end, the tipping point. Uh, this is the day. This is it. They've got him. They're going to they're gonna get him. The media has the entire time Donald Trump's been a candidate for president taken every single thing and put it in the worst possible light. You know, there, there's, a, there's a tie-in here to the DeSantis education standards in Florida. Ron DeSantis did not write these education standards in Florida. When it comes to the section on the Civil War and slavery, there are over 186 references to slavery and how it should be taught. 
And all of them highlight that slavery is bad. Slavery was more multifaceted than just Southern rednecks doing it. It was a global trade conspiring between tribes in Africa, the Europeans, people in North America and the Caribbean. It got worse over time when it became isolated in this country and we no longer accepted slaves into the United States. The Southerners took slavery to a new cruel level that the cotton gin and the efficiencies of the of capitalism made slavery even worse. And then as the efficiencies of capitalism continued to grow, it began to show that slavery was no longer needed. There were ways to get around it. And the South propagated and propped up a very inefficient system to perpetuate slavery because they didn't know what to do with all the slaves other than keep people enslaved. And so capitalism that perpetuated a lot of the the uh, need for slaves ultimately found a solution to slavery, and they couldn't figure out how to get rid of the slaves. So they decided to stay with inefficiencies in a system, and a, a very cruel system, as opposed to saying, okay, we don't need slavery anymore. And it ultimately got to the war. But one of the standards along the way is that the slaves, though deprived of reading skills, deprived of mathematics, deprived of education, acquired skills that they found useful after the Civil War and, frankly, found useful during slavery to escape. Harriet Tubman had learned tracking skills in the use of the North Star while a slave, and she used those skills and knowledge of the North Star to escape slavery and help the Underground Railroad free more slaves. There's nothing wrong with saying that. We can argue about whether it's worded good or not. But the media hasn't done that. The media has ignored the 186 standards on how to teach the Civil War and slavery and focused on two sentences in one subsection explanatory section of an overall idea and concept that must be taught. They have made it as if the entirety of the slavery curriculum in Florida schools is about slaves learn marketable skills when that's not actually true at all. And they've badly misrepresented it. They've done this with one line, essentially, really two sentences in 186 uh, standards that must be taught to go after Ron DeSantis. If they're willing to do that to him, are they not willing to do the same to Donald Trump and even more so because they hate him? And the answer is absolutely yes. So much of the media coverage about the prosecutions of Donald Trump are being shaded by the media's hatred of Donald Trump. It is true, the case in Florida with the classified documents is not good. It is true that they have updated it, and it's far more damning than it was originally, and it was a bad case to begin with for Trump. It is true that Donald Trump's own behavior made it worse. It is true that when the uh, the National Archives requested the classified documents, had Donald Trump turned them over, this probably would not have happened, and had it happened, it would have been so, uh, so mitigated as to be exculpatory. It is true that when the grand jury escalated it, Donald Trump did not only try to hide documents, we now know he tried to delete surveillance footage at Mar-a-Lago. It is true that like Wiley Coyote repeatedly stepping on the rake, Donald Trump made it worse for himself. But it is also true that in every instance in our judicial system, we are to read everything to be the, in the benefit of the defendant, and we are to presume innocence, not guilt. We are to presume exculpation. We are to presume mitigation. We are to presume that the defendant is not guilty. 
and the media itself has presumed the entire way that everything is bad, everything is terrible, Donald Trump is a felon, and he should be buried under the jail. So when you read the stories about Fannie Willis and the district attorney's case in Fulton County, when you read about even Alvin Bragg's garbage case in New York, and when you read about the Jack Smith prosecution in Florida, you are reading a media that hates Donald Trump, wants to frame everything in the worst possible light, and you should guard yourself against it. If you're on the right, don't let your heart be troubled. And if you're on the left, don't get excited about it. He could very well be found not guilty. Or in the case of Georgia, he could very well not be charged because it's very reasonable to presume he relied on the advice of counsel. And if you relied on your lawyer's advice that yes, the election was stolen and here's how it was stolen and it was the voting machines and the like, you've got a pretty good defense that you had no intent to steal an election. How could you have an intent to steal an election when you were told the election was already stolen from you and your intent was to preserve the integrity of the election? But the left won't see it that way and the media will never frame it that way because they hate the man so much. They won't give him the benefit of the doubt. And so going back to the beginning, my wife reads all these headlines and all these stories about just how bad and damning it is. And you got to remind yourself that all of the headlines and all the stories are written by people who despise Donald Trump and refuse to give him any benefit of the doubt whatsoever. And those people are not a jury of his peers. Those will be the people who actually hear the evidence and render a verdict. And that's a far cry from a national media biased against Republicans generally and Trump specifically. Now, some of you are biased against the news right now because all you can focus on is getting your kids back to school. Ours are next week. A week from today, my kids start school. And so we're in the back to school scramble. You might be too, and you might be thinking, I got to get my kid a laptop or a desktop. You should consider Vision Computers because they can save you some money and give you great tech support. Uh, I can tell you, my kids got a gaming PC from Vision Computers. It's a desktop. They can do laptops as well. They can build them. It, you, you spend some time with them, tell them what you want, what you need. Get their input. They build you something that's not off the shelf. So it's for your kid. And then not only do they give you world-class tech support for the hardware, but they give you world-class tech support for the software. So you never have to be your kid's IT support. They just call Vision Computers like my kid does, and they answer all their questions. They can get them email set up, printer set up, support, antivirus, everything you need, Vision Computer can take care of it. What you do is you call them at 404-COMPUTE. 404 Compute. Now, whether you're in Oregon or Miami, you can still call them. They're in Atlanta. They can ship you the computer, and in many cases, they can just go in through the Internet and do upgrades and service that way. So you don't even have to send your computer to them. You just go to visioncomputers.com, visioncomputers.com, or you call them 404 Compute. Let Vision be your computer department for your home or even your office. They can do it for your whole office as well. 404 Compute. Give them a call. Ask about the Eric Erickson special. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. They're in Noonan, Georgia, but they can help you if you're in Spokane, Washington or Orlando, Florida, wherever you are. They help businesses grow. So if your business needs access to $250,000 in capital or more, your lender's giving you a hard time and you're buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, reach out to First Liberty. See if they can help you. FirstLibertyGA.com. FirstLibertyGA.com. Tell them I sent you, spend 10 minutes with them, see if you're a fit for their program and them for you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Well, I, I got I to gotta play you this uh, 
Kamala Harris clip, the woman just keeps saying some of the dumbest things. L- listen to Kamala Harris. Let us think about what this means for some young woman who in some nation with a dictator or an autocrat is fighting for women's rights. And that autocrat or dictator saying, well, you want to hold out the United States as your example? Look what they're doing. You be quiet. You got that? Uh, Because states in the United States might restrict abortion, uh, that might embolden dictators around the world to do the same. Uh, Most dictatorial regimes the world over have always been very pro-abortion. The Chinese, hello, uh, the Chinese very big uh, abortion proponents for a number of years until they realized what they were doing to their population. And yet Kamala Harris is not a very thoughtful person. You know, so the Biden administration has now announced Kamala Harris is going to be at the forefront of their rapid response to Republicans. I got to say, uh, for all of the polling out there right now that shows Donald Trump with a dominant lead, the, the New York Times Siena poll has him over 50%. Uh, neither Trump nor the Democrats are behaving like he's actually the Republican frontrunner, which I find fascinating. They're all piling on DeSantis for a host of things, and Kamala Harris at the forefront of it. And she's just not liked. And that's the problem, is this woman is genuinely not liked by Democrats, Republicans, or independents, and the Biden administration has decided they got to find a place for her, so they're going to trot her out. The only reason they're trotting her out is that uh, Joe Biden can't speak without falling asleep these days. So they got to do something. So she'll be their rapid response person. She She's already not liked. So they might as well let her out there to vilify everybody else and see if they can make other people not liked because the person they don't like is speaking about the people that they do like. I It makes no sense to me. This woman is a disaster and they can't get rid of her. And she says the stupidest things about time and everything else. All right, when we come back, I got to switch gears pretty dramatically because there is a big, big story out about what's happening in Portland, Oregon. And the problem is that it's not just Portland, Oregon. It's the rest of the country and this new progressive ideology when it comes to homelessness that is dragging urban areas down and also uh, shifting black voters to the right. And they don't even realize it. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.